this is the path of really having close connections. You have this powerful auric field that really penetrates someone being in your field and there is this instant connection. And I think that is not just me. Um, I think that is for everyone who is in your auric field. Magnificence is the boundless expanse of being, a liberation from limitation. It is the embodiment of authenticity where you shed the shackles of self-doubt, shame, and imposter syndrome. Here, worthiness flourishes like a vibrant garden where you have the power to determine your actions, destinations, and your closest relationships. In the realm of magnificence, creative individuality takes center stage. Your greatness is acknowledged, celebrated, and nurtured. Gone are the days of mindless conformity or fitting in just to keep the peace. This show and your host, Patricia Linder, are here to guide you as you align with your authentic design, leading the way to a life of purpose and fulfillment. Magnificence is not some unreachable peak or distant dream. It's inside you, waiting to shine brighter than you ever thought possible. Welcome to your magnificence. Hello and welcome to another episode of Magnificence, the empowerment podcast that strikes a match and shines the light on your magnificence and especially on the magnificence of my guests. And today I have with me the amazing and magnificent Paul Hoyt. Hello, Paul. Thank you for being here and for having this amazing conversation that is lying ahead. Welcome to the show again. Thank you, Patricia. I look forward to the conversation. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. We had a little talk before I pressed the record button, and I promise this is going to be a deep dive, a really interesting, exciting conversation. I know that this is going to happen. Before we start, I want to introduce you to the audience, Paul, and um, you shared with me some brief biography about you. So I want to share this and please feel free to add when I leave out anything. So Paul, Paul is both a master business consultant and personal coach known for his passion to help others succeed in every area of life. He is the creator of Mind Sequencing, a modern day approach to meditation that enables people to make enormous progress on the personal journey and is also the author of several inspirational works and business books and courses with many more to come. This is amazing. I stop here because I would love you to talk more about all the good stuff about the books, about mind sequencing and about everything that you do and that you share with the world. So welcome again. Please Share a little bit about yourself, Paul. Oh, my goodness. Where to start? It's a, it's a long story because it's been a long journey. As I, as I often say, uh, you know, I've been in business for 50 years or so. The first 30 years of my career were spent in information systems, being a computer programmer, a vice president of information services, had my own company several times. The last 20 some years have been as a business coach and business consultant. And all the time I was doing that, as I like to say, yeah, I've been trying to get my shit together for 50 years and it's really starting to pay off. So, um, you know, I've had these dual tracks of wanting to be a very good businessman and be able to bring value to people in their businesses, but also wanting to be the best person that I could be and exploring all kinds of systems out there that would that would help me be the happiest, the most loving and kind, the most confident, the most peaceful, the most wise, you know, just the best person I could possibly be. And uh, have made a lot of discoveries for myself and developed systems that have worked for me that now I'm sharing with other people. So I write books and you know, do whatever I can to share a little love and light in the ways that I can with everybody. 
That is amazing. That is amazing. And so there is so much more to talk about. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, because... Days. We could talk for days. Here. Yeah, we could talk for days. And whenever someone, and now you, she is about the journey or what he or she does, I try and I listen deeply to really pay attention to what you say, because there are so many nuggets in the sharings. And you said, and so... Now I need to to share with the audience that we both said that we are not the type of people that love systems. We don't really um, believe that boxing in is of big value. Um, and so I look at your energetic blueprint through the lens of human design, and this might be a bit tricky today, but <laughs> I will do my very best. And you said you worked in the computer area wow. when you were, I don't know when, so in the beginnings when you started to work? From 1970 through 2000, for 30 years, I was a computer programmer and information system specialist. And it was so amazing that you shared this because that gave me the confidence to share a little bit about your chart and I want to share about the chart right now. So here we go. This is your chart. And of course, this looks like, ah, this is a defined system and this is Paul and he can do this and that and nothing else. But that's not the way I look at a human design chart. I mainly use it as a way to start the conversation and to see what is possible. And um, as you are not familiar, so I don't know how much you know about human design, Paul, um, I would love to quickly share that your type is generator. That is the very general um, uh, way to put people into types of personalities and generators are here to do the work. They have a lot of energy to really do the work. I love the word alchemist better, and I think that fits in your case much better. Figuring out the best of the best. And I can really picture you trying and retrying and not liking what you learned or maybe taking the thing out of what you learned and keeping that, but then expanding on something else and then maybe thinking in a totally different direction, that is the generator. Um, and maybe that resonates with you. So this is someone who wants to move on, to climb the mountain, to become better, to become the best version. So um, this is just a quick um, sharing about the generator. But as you said, computers, and you worked for a long time in the area of computers. Believe it or not, Paul, when I prepared your chart and I have this autistic creative brain, I'm not about numbers, so this is um, really miraculous that I work with human design. <laughs> I look at the chart from this autistic perspective and you might see it as well. What stood out, it jumped out to me. It was this green triangle. Mm. And it was the green triangle, which comes with six gates. I never had someone having a center with six gates. So each number is called gate. Mm -hmm. And you have six gates in one center. And so this really stood out. And for me, the big headline was, so I know you a little bit. Wow, he's a computer brain. He is the computer. So, but not boxing you in. But this is what stood out. Um, I want to share a little more before I stop the screen share and we can dive into what you want to say about that. The Ajna Center, this is the green triangle. The Ajna Center is the analytical center, the analytical thinking center. Um, it is sort of your computer speaking energetics. Um, it is a reliable way of processing information. It is the ability to feel certain about 
opinions, concepts, theories. So you like them or you don't, you figure them out, you are certain about that, and you can influence others with your thinking. So this is the general topic of someone who has this colored in and defined. And then there are specialties, and I never did that before, but for this show, I thought I want to, and I can share my my quick notes that you see I'm the the creative brain, the non-linear uh-huh. thinker. So what yeah. I did, I drew a little picture of what this means to me, all the gates, because I could read it out, but you could read this in a book, but I put it all together in a picture um, and I want to share with you without telling you, oh, gate 47 is exactly this and that. And um, so just summarizing what is hidden in all those numbers, this is someone, and you then tell me nonsense, or you tell me, okay, interesting. So someone who um deals with past experiences and wants to create concepts out of past experiences. Someone who is related to the past and wants to really conceptualize past experiences. And at the same time, this person, you, is someone who has opinions that are led by the future. So you, it's like time traveling with your mind. You can figure out things that are relevant in the future to be of service in the here and now. So this is the past and the future part of you. If this is true, (laughs) then for someone with this um, constellation, a lot of ideas are coming in all the time, all the time. You're never running out of ideas uh, within your whole lifetime. You could fill many lifetimes with all your ideas. Um, And um, you are someone who loves to receive questions because you want to solve questions. Someone who really wants to figure out, solve issues, and you are best at solving issues and questions for other people. And last but not least, and this is not complete at all, but just this overview, you are someone, and I love that you have this in your chart, you're someone who is, I could say, either a weirdo or or a genius, someone who has breakthrough ideas, genius ideas um, that run through your energetic computer uh, that you want to share with the world. Um, and now I stop the screen share. So this was a quick overview of your Ajna Center, your energetic computer. Um, and by no means did I want to label you. Well, well, thank you, by the way, for, for doing that chart and for sharing with me the insights that it has brought. What I heard from what you said and what you showed was was um, three words: analysis, creativity, and genius. And I, and I like those three words. They make me feel better about myself when I hear them. Um, let's take the first one: analysis. So I remember a long, long time ago, I went to a holiday celebration uh, at my sister's house. And, and she had this crazy idea that we were going to work a 3,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. And we set it all out on our dining room table, and it took like three days with you know, three or four adults pouring around it, and we finally finished this 3,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. Well, life to me is a 100,000-piece jigsaw puzzle with so many different wise people and and certain people and confident people and dozens and hundreds of different religious systems and ways of looking at life and understanding life and people who say do this and do that wear this wear these clothes say these prayers eat this food you know don't do this but please do that um 
you know, in trying to analyze all of those and organize all of those and reconcile all of those different thoughts and ideas has been the work of a lifetime. Um, so in addition to analyzing, you know, business problems and developing plans and writing computer programs, I think a great deal of my life was spent on reconciling all of those different dis differences. I mean, how could they, how could they all be true? How could, how could divinity, God, whatever label that you put onto that, the superconscious, you know, deliver the truth in so many different little pieces to so many different people and cultures such that there would be such a wide variety of truths out there, of religious and spiritual systems out there. So I certainly have done that. And like, you know, so many other people before me have come to some grand understanding of the way that life works. Uh, and I'm, by the way, I'm far from the first person to have done that. What comes to mind is Florence Scovelshen's works, The Game of Life and How to Play It, Wallace Waddles, As a Man Thinketh, and so many other books out there that that essentially espouse the the same truth or deep, deep understanding of all the underlying principles that I have come to understand too. Um, and I do my best to communicate those and in the books that I have written that I've written, I'm getting ready to publish my sixth book that I'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but I've also written seven other books that I haven't published that hopefully at some point in day in time, I will do that. I've been logging, journaling this inner journey for well over 50 years as well. Um, in fact, just yesterday, I was looking through some old pieces of work and found some things that I wrote in high school and in college that were really quite interesting to look back and see where my mental processes were, where my understanding of life was you know, 60 years ago. It was uh, it was quite interesting. Second one is creativity. I handed on that. You know, I'm uh, you know every day when I get up, it seems that I am blessed with some thoughts, some thoughts that I consider important enough to write them down. So I write them down, and when I get a collection of them, I I put out a book about that. The practice of awakening was one of my first collections. The second one was a practice of awakening two, and a practice of awakening three, four, and five have been written. They just haven't been published. Um, and my latest work, which is a book that's imminent, like, you know, a week or two away, is called Surprises on the Road to Enlightenment. And that is a collection of 80 different insights that were surprising to me when I learned them uh, over the past 50 or 60 years. Uh, and it's my way of sharing love and light. It's my way of sharing wisdom to the world. I want to get as many copies of that book out as I possibly can. It's coming out as a paperback, as a Kindle book, and as an audio book, um, very, very quickly. You know, it's it's this grandfather's, you know, gift to the world or offer to the world of the wisdom that I have gained over the last 50, 60 years of this of this inner journey, almost sixty years now. I can't wait um, to come out. I can't wait. So eighty. 80 insights. Yep. Could you give us a sneak peek into one insight that comes to your mind? Because I want to share just quickly without sharing the screen. You have this storyteller gate and you are, everyone can hear that. You are an amazing storyteller. The way you speak, you have this, um, There is, it's not just the storyteller, it's the wise storyteller. And that goes so in alignment with this book you just talked about. I would love to get a little sneak peek into one insight that you would love to share with me and the audience, something that might... I'm, I'm pulling up the book right now. So I'm actually, actually, I think I've got, I've got a proof copy of the book right here. The other proof copies coming out. So we are very, very close. And I'll just take um, surprise number eight, which is con consistent with, with what we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. So if I may, I'll just read it to you. It's called Few People Are on the Path. 
I'm surprised that there aren't more people on the path to enlightenment, and I often wonder why. It must be that enlightenment is hard to understand and believe. I think that it must be that those of us who are blessed to live life at a higher vibration, try as we may, are not very good at sharing the beauty of the spirit. For example, very few parents tell their children about the beauty of enlightenment. They tell them that they have tremendous potential, that they can go to school and become a doctor or a lawyer or even president, but they rarely tell them they can become enlightened. And it appears that there are only a few religions and spiritual communities led by truly enlightened and awakened people. And unfortunately, it seems that some organizations really don't want their members to experience enlightenment and be free. Their systems are designed to send the message that only a few of the elite members, the priests, the preachers, the elders, etc., can achieve it or even something close to it. The system is designed to maintain power and control over the masses. I think that leaders often think that they are doing their followers a favor, and perhaps they are for a while, but eventually that path becomes a prison. And there's a lot of confusion over terminology and a lot of advice on the methods. Should I be vegetarian, vegan? Should I go to a monastery, participate in abstinence, tantra yoga, song and dance, silence and stillness? And as they say in sales, the confused mind won't buy. And when it comes to enlightenment, I think the confused seeker won't seek. They just give up. But gratefully, I never gave up. I just couldn't, because every insight, with every surprise, I felt better. I felt stronger and safer and happier. So how do we tell whether we're being led by someone of a higher vibration, someone who is enlightened? And it's simple. Truly enlightened and awakened people speak of love and connectedness. They do not put people down, they lift them up. They share their truth in a humble, kind, and loving way, instead of beating you over the head with it. They don't insist that you agree with them. Instead, they offer their truth and wish you the best. If more of our spiritual leaders were like that, I think a lot more people would be on the path. I did nothing. I love it. And I love that you picked exactly that because that totally really, it speaks to what we are diving into and what we were diving into. And you know what? Yesterday I came across, no, the day before yesterday, I came across David Hawkins. Um, it's the the reverse pyramid of of frequency, or is it fr frequency? Versus voice is what yeah. he's known for. And, yes, beautiful. Um, I read that most of the people, um, most of the people's frequency is at two hundred, okay. and uh, uh, I don't know it by heart, but something like awakening is at six hundred or seven hundred, six hundred, something like that. But 90% uh, of the people are really in this low vibration. Um, I think that is courage. And below that is anger and frustration and fear and doubt and all of that. Um, and I believe you are right. Um, you are so right. And you touched me most with when you talked about systems don't want us to be enlightened. That's just the the little um, um, the the little the small circles that that are meant to know more than the average, and um, I think if if the whole book is so inspirational, like just this little sneak peek, then everyone should really buy it because it it offers so much um, content to contemplate on and to have a conversation about. I, uh, yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, when, I, when you take a look at people who live in a high vibration, who really have you know, climbed that ladder and dealt with 
you know, all the crap that's going on in your subconscious mind and done their inner work for such a long time, what we see is that they are universally um, humble and cheerful and kind. Yeah. That, if that's how you tell whether or not you're dealing with a wise person or you're dealing with somebody who is still on the road to their inner wisdom is how, how loving and how humble and how kind they are and how cheerful they are too. I mean, there's no such thing as an arrogant, angry, wise person. I just don't believe that, that they exist. And one of the other things that is really clear about people of a high vibration is that they see the greatness in other people and they want to do everything to help that other person, you know, get in touch with their own greatness and live that more and more, you know, every single day and offer any encouragement and advice and support and systems that they can to help people do that. Um, if people want to look up the system that has been really instrumental in my making great progress over the last you know, 14 or 15 years, it's been mind sequencing, which is I call the thinker's meditation. It was a discovery that I could think sequences of thought and action that would help me lift my spirits um, in ways that other forms of meditation could not. I was looking for a way to focus my attention during the day, something that I could use anytime and anywhere, whether I was driving down the road in a car or in the middle of a board meeting or in the middle of a conversation with somebody, that I could just think a few thoughts and lift my vibration a little bit, let go of that tension and stress, step back into greater love and light, and be, you know, live life in a, a healthier and happier way and boost my performance. And that's why. I created mind sequencing. It is the art and the science of thinking sequences of thought to help lift our vibration, which I use, you know, quite a bit, like constantly throughout the day these days. And and I think this is genius. What you just said, you combined art and science, yeah. and you said it is the thinker's meditation. Because so and now I need to refer back or relate back to uh, your chart. Your the green triangle center is the center of a thinker, totally mm -hmm. mind driven person, someone who analyzes and and um, thinks about things, processes things, and especially those people. And I'm so grateful that you that you developed this mind sequencing because there are so many people out there that um, can't imagine to meditate, to just sit there right. and meditate. And then they are interrupted by all those thoughts and their uh, mind chatter. And just if I got it right, it is especially for people who want to... Um, lift their frequency, want to meditate, but feel like meditation is not for me. Did I get this right? Or, it's, or you can, it's something they can use when you're, when you're a little bit tense, a little bit anxious, and a little bit agitated in some way as well. So, um, so for, here's an example of one of the sequences that I use. Whenever I start to feel just a little bit tense, when I'm speaking to someone else or whenever I really want to share a little more love and light with someone else, I simply silently say to myself, I love you, I love you, I love you, be happy, I love you, I love you, be strong. I love you, I love you, I love you, be happy, I love you, I love you, be strong. And I sometimes go through supermarkets and you know, and farmers markets and areas where there's lots of people just thinking that thought and sharing that that thought with anybody and everybody I see. I've trained my mind to think the thoughts I want to think so I can feel the way I want to feel and I can be the person I want to be. Wow. And um, that is so beautiful because you can use it really instantaneously um, and you don't have to be at peace and quiet, sit down, lay down, um, yeah. 
dim the light, light a candle. So you can do it in the supermarket, in the car, as you said. That is great and um, it raises your vibration. And it is not a coincidence that today I came across someone, I scrolled through Instagram and someone said, a truly enlightened person is someone that when you hurt this person, when you really attack this person, the person would stay more or less neutral and still love you because um, he overcame or she or he overcame all those guilt, anger, um, judgment stuff. And they learned that everything that they feel, and you said it is a decision, because when I'm angry, the only person that I harm is me. Yeah. When, I, when I judge, and when I judge maybe um, behind someone, so behind, not, not directly, but uh, in silence, and I judge someone, who do I harm? It's me. So... Um, really making this conscious decision to do it in a different way and to raise your vibration and to slowly, maybe slowly, move up to this frequency of enlightenment or awakening or w whatever you might call it. Um, yeah. And that, that includes, and I want to ask you, because people out there might wonder, okay, so... Is this a constant state that you reached or are there days or situations when you fall down into a lower vibration and then? Uh, oh. no, it's neat. Uh, it's, so thank you for, for asking that question because I definitely wanted to share that. No, I'm not a 100% fully enlightened, awakened person every, every moment of the day. Not at all. Um, you know, I'll... <laughs> Not at all. In fact, let me let me share, if I may, a little poem that really kind of describes my life experience. It goes like this. When I wake up in the morning, I'm as foggy as can be. And during the day, I'm often complacent and caught up in complacency. And whenever I get tired or thirsty or hungry, I can have such low energy. And sometimes I'm even triggered into the shadows so unexpectedly that I awaken and remember that there is this greatness in me and that it's always so much better than I remember or imagine it to be. For when I completely surrender all that I thought was me, and become my very best expression of divinity, I have perfect peace and boundless joyful energy, incredible strength and conscious flowing clarity, and amazing limitless love for all I see. For there is an angel. There's an angel in me. And it's a beautiful angel, this angel in me. Then I remember that there are a thousand ways to shift my energy and that awakening is a skill. The practice always pays off, not only immediately, but every day for the rest of my life until the end of me. And I know that I will return. I will again be the best that I can be. And so I choose to do so right now. It's as easy as one, two, three. I choose, I shift, I am. I choose, I shift, I am. I choose to be peaceful and calm, and I am peaceful and calm. I choose to be patient and strong, and I am patient and strong. I choose to be awakened and wise, and I am awakened and wise. I choose to be loving and kind, and I am loving and kind. I choose to be joyful and free, and I am joyful and free. I choose, I shift, I am. I choose, I shift, I am. Oh, and there's just one more thing that I'm absolutely certain is true. The greatness in me is also in you. Just remember, I choose, I shift, I am. I choose, 
I shift. I am. Magnificent. Magnificent. And um, just let me have a guess um, about the author of this poem. So it sounds as if it is your poem. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought of, you wrote a book with the title of The Angel in, in Me, right? Something like that? The, um, the, the first book, The Practice of Awakening, was originally titled Becoming the Angel Within. It was this discovery that I hope everybody can discover, and that is this divinity, this spark of divinity, this angelic presence that's within us, that we can discover, remember, embrace, and eventually become. The Earth Angel. So beautiful. And so again, you bring together a reality that you oftentimes feel foggy, tired, hungry, angry, and then you can choose and then you can choose. And sometimes I choose that I want to be angry for at least the next 20 seconds. I want to be angry and know what one could keep me from being angry. And then I choose to not be angry anymore. And I, I, so I, that is an amazing poem. So do you have a collection of poems as well? Carolyn, I've got so much stuff. I've got, <laughs> I have, I have, oh, you know, in addition to the 80 insights that are in uh, Surprises on the Road to Enlightenment, I probably have six or 700 more. I've got poems and songs and systems galore that um, I've been creating and using for years and years to do everything I can to to live life in the most wonderful way I can. And one one little thing that maybe is close to a last time. You know, when I started this journey, I was not a happy person. I was one of those people who was mind was out of control and constant chatter. I remember one of the first times I tried to sit down and become aware of my thoughts. That what I saw was very frightening. I saw three or four parallel streams of thought, all screaming in anger to myself and to the world about what I should have done and what I could have done and what I'm going to do and why does this happen to me and you know, just anger, anger, anger and constant mind chatter all the time. Um, and all I wanted to do was to be happy. Oh. Yeah. All I wanted to do was have peace of mind. And at some point in time, I discovered that I was happiest that I felt most alive, that I felt most fulfilled when I was filled with love, when I was filled with kindness and compassion and forgiveness, whenever I was encouraging and supporting of others, whenever I held other people in reverence, whenever I saw the greatness in them, when I loved other people, that was the best feeling that I could ever have. And that's been my life life's work was to be that loving and kind person as often as I possibly could and to help others do the same. So now I have, Paul, I have two ways that I could follow. And one is, so I think this is the stronger one. What if um, someone disappoints you or hurts you? What about this loving way? I just want to, so this is really practical. Um, I wanted to go a different direction, but this is what really interests me because um, I so much adore that you say, um, and I want to be loving every day and kind every day. And I thought, yes, that's what I want too. And sometimes it feels like, no, I, I don't want to be the doormat because sometimes people take advantage of someone being kind and loving. Yeah, I have a poem for that one too. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, a very, it's a much shorter poem. It goes like this. This person is wounded, so I'm backing away. 
I'll do what I can and we'll both be okay. Okay. Yeah. And this is such a great piece of advice inside of this poem. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I use that one every once in a while. And then I go back into I I love you, I love you, I love you, be happy, I love you, I love you, be strong. Just sending them really the honest wish for them that they are able to find a way to let go of their tension, their stress, their anger. Their anger, their you know, assertiveness, their aggressiveness is really a response to their fear. Yeah. That's they're trying to to protect themselves in some way. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm and sure that love them in spite of their way of trying to protect themselves is lashing out at others. Yeah, yeah, and you need to. So, I so maybe I'm not right. Maybe I am. Um, this is where you can grow into through this practice because. Um, <laughs> When there is a lot of conditioning and people attack you, and that is what, so I just vulnerably share when someone attacked me, so I'm much better at that, not right. taking it personally when someone says something to me or disappoints me or says something that is not really nice, um, I'm much better. But let's say five years ago, maybe even five years ago, I felt like I need to burst into tears, feel ashamed, um, feel like I'm wrong, um, I'm, I'm a failure. And I think this is, it is a decision and it is a practice of deconditioning what we learned we are so that we can bring out what you said in the beginning, the best of us, the angel inside yeah, the words uh, patience, confidence, and faith came up for me. Mm -hmm. Patient, I can be confident, so I can have faith that I will be okay and that this person will be okay. Yeah, you know, and find that. So let me share with you one of the things that, if I may, and I appreciate you taking a little extra time here with me. Um, the gift that I have to give to the world, I call the path of three questions. The path of three questions goes like this. Question one is, who am I? when I am at my best. I want everybody to know who they are when they are at their best. I want your best self to become your best friend. And that means really understanding this greatness that we all have within us, this confidence, this strength, this peacefulness, this joy that is within every single one of us. So question number one is, who am I when I'm at my best? Question number two is, how do I feel right now? Really honestly, do I have some tension in my body? You know, am I a little bit angry? Am I a little bit, you know, nervous? Do I do I feel a little fear in some way? But really being honest with ourselves about how do I feel right now? And question number three is, how do I want to feel right now? And that's a magic question. Because when we ask ourselves that question and we answer ourselves, it usually comes back something about, well, I want to be more patient. I want to be more confident. I want to be kinder. I want to be, you know, I want to be wiser. I want to be more relaxed. Mm -hmm. And immediately when we say those words to ourselves, we begin shifting our energy towards that. We draw that energy into our current experience when we simply ask ourselves, you know, how do I want to feel right now? That's the path of three questions. And for, for you and for all of your listeners, if you practice the path of three questions five or 10 times a day, you will find that you are teaching yourself at a deep subconscious level the power that you have to shift the focus of your attention and elevate your consciousness and step into a higher vibration. Who am I when I'm at my best? How do I feel right now? How do I want to feel right now? Is an incredibly powerful, and I want I want to share that with millions and millions of people because it is a great tool that anyone can use anytime that they want to let go of stress and tension and to step into a higher level of health and happiness and to boost their performance in some way. 
And again, it is something that is so fast. That is, you can do it anywhere, everywhere. Um, no one, so you can just do it with your mind. And I did it when you just uh, said it and I felt like, oh, there is some tension in my shoulders. I want to feel more relaxed because we are having such an amazing conversation, but I was maybe a yeah. bit banned to the screen. I want to feel more relaxed and I felt this tension melt away. So thank you so much, Paul, for sharing this. And I think everyone who watches this, so there are so many golden diamond nuggets in this conversation that you can uh, really take away from just listening and watching. Um, and I, I'm really, so I knew this in the beginning that this is going to be a deep dive. Allow me for a last time to share the screen and to point out one thing in your chart, because I feel that even though both of us, we are not into systems, that is very true that there is this analytical computer-like mind that produces lots of ideas, creative ideas that communicates the ideas and has this amazing ability to tell stories, to write poems, to really be someone that people love listening to. And I want to really focus on your greatness and your magnificence. And one last thing that stood out to me when looking at the chart was the combination down there. So this is the energetic center of emotions, and that is your solar plexus, your gut. And the connection between these two is the, so it's called the channel of mating. And you could take this word by word, and you could say this is um, really being uh, together with someone, and it's a very fertile um, connection that could mean uh, someone who wants to really have lots of kids, but talking the business language and talking the, the language of your path of awakening and um, so forth, I would say this is the path of really having close connections. And I need to say whenever um, I think of you, I think of this connection that we had in the first minute that was so easy because you have this powerful auric field that really penetrates someone being in your field and there is this instant connection. So I felt this connectedness to you. So, um, and I think that is not just me. Um, I think that is for everyone who is in your auric field. And yeah, and also um, I think that is what you say about, and that's what I wanted. This was the other route I wanted to go. Um, you say being loving and being kind. And I think this is also inside of an energetic channel that has this intimacy, this connectedness, that bonding, that mating um, as an energetic blueprint. Um, and yeah. So even though we do not really love when people box us in, you need to admit that this is really to the point, isn't it? <laughs> it was lovely. I do appreciate you taking the time to doing that human design chart and uh, inviting the introspection and the guidance that it, it shares. It is a cutting edge version of the human design chart because I very much do it intuitively and I connect with the person that I do it for. Awesome. So you already shared this beautiful golden nugget with the three questions. Now I would love to ask you to wrap our conversation up. Um, where could people find you? How could they connect with you? What can they expect from you? Oh, well, well, the easy, the first part is, yeah, you can find me at paulhoyt.com. That's my business website that I'm, you know, gradually shifting from being business coaching and consulting into more personal coaching and inspirational speaking. The system that I created, mind sequencing, is just mindsequencing.com. 
Um, if you use a forward slash guide there, you can see a couple of small videos that explain the mind sequencing system um, in more depth than I was, you know, had the time to share with you today. So those are the two great ways for people to reach out and learn more about who I am and what I have to offer and the ways that I might be able to help them on their journey. Your last one there was what can people expect from me? Um, and that you can expect me to see the greatness in you. You can expect me to do everything I can to help you discover that greatness and remember it and embrace it and magnify it every single day. That's what you can expect to me, like your very best friend, like, you know, the grandpa that you wish that you had always known and had who cared about you and saw the potential in you and just wanted you to have the best life possible. Great. Fabulous. Thank you so much for this invitation. It feels like this warm, loving invitation to really reach out to you, to connect with you. And I can highly recommend to anyone that they should do that. They should really connect with you. They should reach out and they should really get to know you personally. Paul, thank you so much for sharing openly about your journey, sharing um, those amazing insights into what you discovered for diving so deeply into all that good stuff and for inspiring me and for inspiring the audience. Thank you, Patricia. I really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you and to share with you today. And oh, by the way, you're quite the angel as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I was about to say this was another episode, a fabulous episode, a deep diving episode, a magnificent episode of Magnificence, the empowerment podcast that strikes a match and shines the light on your magnificence and your greatness, as Paul said. And I hope that you join us for another episode again. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this empowering episode. To continue this journey of aligning with your true purpose and uncovering your magnificence, schedule an illumination call with Patricia at patricialindner.com. Please share this episode with someone who needs it and subscribe to the show on YouTube and your favorite podcasting platform. Join us again soon for another episode of Magnificence.